everyone, and welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull the chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going? Good. How are you? Not too shabby, although I will say that I had kind of a weird day today because hmm. I woke up and I was super stoked to play Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> and <laughs> I am totally blaming it's sometimes... Friday. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm blaming Josh for this because yeah. he definitely sent out a tweet last night saying Red Dead was going to be playable when he got home from work, which he works overnight. So I was expecting it to be this morning. And I right. even went and looked it up and I found like an article on IGN or something. I can't remember. Some article anyways said 7 a.m. Eastern time Thursday. So I was like, cool. All right. This is I'm going to get to play it today. I'm super excited. So. I had the download going and then I was like it stopped downloading and it installed and I went to go play it and I even saw a couple of other people on my PlayStation friends list who were listed as playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm like okay and then I went to go play it and it's like this game will unlock and there was this big huge countdown timer on my screen and it said that it wasn't going to unlock for another like six hours and this was like mm. sometime mid-afternoon this afternoon so I was like WTF is happening because I, like you, originally thought that Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be available, like, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was planning on playing it tomorrow, but then I got all excited about it today, and, and then I couldn't play. So, I don't know what's going on. I, um, it's, it's weird. Sad. It is, it, that is sad, uh, in the sense that you have this game, you're prepared, you're going to play it, and then it, and it's not out I was going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, like, we now, you and I won't be able to talk about it for another two weeks, which mm -hmm. is great because it'll give us lots of time to get into this game because it, there's one, there's one thing holding me back from being very excited about this game is that it looks to be this grand, immense adventure in a, in a wild west and and yeah to some that's like oh my god it's amazing but to me it's like i don't i don't have hundreds of hours to 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 throw into this game um this might be the first open world game where i will have to take a new you know mental path and be like no i am just experiencing ex i'm experiencing this game and i will do i'm not going to do the critical path i'm just going to do the ryan path and I'm going to be <laughs> satisfied with that. And I think that's how I enjoyed the first Red Dead is I just, I just did, I did what Ryan does or what would have done in Cowboy Land. And I just, I just did, you know, and I was content with that. <laughs> uh, I never finished it. Obviously it was spoiled countless times because everyone talks about the ending of that, of that first game or, or well, the first redemption game. So that's really funny because I can't think off the top of my mm -hmm. head, like what the ending is it's it's an iconic like, no, ending i'm not gonna spoil yeah. it no 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 it's a it's an and it wouldn't matter because this this one's a prequel this is a, and yeah it's a prequel right even though it's called two i mean the game's been getting 10 so maybe it gets a pass but like most confusing naming convention you could have just called it red dead something and then established that it was a, a, a anyways I, we all will obviously talk about it later on, but like I, I did, uh, I asked in our Discord. I think overwhelming, like in the Discord, no one answered, but I'm just gonna guess that <laughs> a lot of people are gonna be playing this on PlayStation Four because I actually pre-ordered almost two years ago when there was a sale, so I got it for like half price, and 
I have a PS4 and Xbox One copy coming to me. So you got it on PS4, I'm, I'm assuming? I did, yeah, I got okay. it on PS4. I know, because I figure Josh is, like, the mm-hmm. most excited person for this game ever, and mm-hmm. I know that that's where he's going to be playing, so I'm like, if I'm ever looking into doing any kind of co-op stuff on there, then that's Josh what I'm is thinking. the person I need to be playing with. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm. that's kind of what I'm thinking as well, and I, I tweeted this out today, and I know you and I after last year's extra life have discussed you know what can we do for couch time one of the one of the critical issues we have with extra life is that we're at a pc and we're doing this and like typing like this and then like lights camera action this Mm -hmm. you know all for 24 hours and that's so hard on our backs lights eyes uh insert other things that were sore i can't remember i didn't make a list but like i think red dead redemption 2 even though it won't have like an online mode for this weekend's extra life there's still an opportunity there for couch enjoyment of gaming Mm -hmm. because this isn't a pc game it's not coming out on pc it's not an announced a lot of people are assuming uh but you know never never assume but uh well gta 5 is one of the most popular pc games ever made so it's a safe assumption um but yeah i I have a feeling i'm going to play a little bit during extra life just to kind of kind of get some some downtime in cowboy land but i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know how it's gonna go it's it seems like a huge adventure i yeah i've heard it's i mean i don't know how long it actually takes to play it because obviously nobody really has it in their hands it's just been a lot of reviewers with a few copies (laughs) sorry (laughs) are you okay i was like (laughs) i I thought maybe you were grabbing a prop or something but but slowly falling over at the same time It was thrall. He just <laughs> randomly jumped up and then hit his head on the microphone and scared himself. So just kind of kept going. I... So normally he jumps up on my lap and he'll just curl up quietly. But that was a whole big cat in the face thing. So yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> thrall is high, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways, uh, what was I? I anyway, I can't, I can't remember what I was going to say. Something about lots of time and RDR two big hmm. story. Uh, the length, yeah. the length yeah, of the game. The length, uh, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to look it up because I think I'll just cry because no. it's probably uh, like hundreds of hours and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. But speaking of extra life, extra life time is upon us again. I, we are going to be doing uh, multiple different streams over the course of the next couple of months to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So if you'd like to donate, you can find our whole team over at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. Our first stream is actually going to be this coming Saturday, and I've been a terrible, terrible co-host because I haven't told Ryan exactly when I'm going to be available and what we're going to do, but there will be a stream on Saturday. We discussed this. <laughs> it's all it's all figured out. You're not a terrible, I, terrible co-host. Oh, okay. I keep like seeing like texts and like spreadsheets and stuff, and I'm like, I'll look at that later. I'll look at that later, and then I never do. So I just it, assume I'm like dropping major balls right no now. There's no spreadsheet. But... It's fine. Oh, okay. There's just, there's literally like... I've I I have an idea. So basically, this is the last time we'll uh, we'll we'll get to plug it on the show. So basically, what's happening, folks, is that uh, we split it into a couple days. I'm leading uh, th- this weekend, so I'll be streaming at Twitch.tv/slash RyanMurphyCA. Jocelyn will be joining me later in the evening. So I've kind of like, you know, dropped some pins throughout the morning and afternoon. I'm actually going to be playing Resident Evil Seven at eleven o'clock with uh, with Lou. That's going to be frightening. So if you want to see me scream probably a good chance uh that i'll be doing that at around 11 and then at two o'clock we're recording a live summoner's call our first live episode and cool. we're going to be bringing guests on who who donated to our uh to our extra life uh team so that'll be fun 
And then I think around, you know, five, six o'clock, whenever you're ready, uh, after a, a dinner break and a, and a good night kids type scenario, we'll, uh, we'll start up the wheel and we'll just, we'll play some random games with some, some extra life donors and we'll just go as late as we can. Probably, probably as late as I can go. I think if we're having a, how late can we stay up, uh, game, uh, Jocelyn would, would drink me under the table. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely happen because yeah. I mean I go to bed at like four or five a.m. on a normal night. So, <laughs> well, I, you're up every morning at six o'clock with the kids. Like it's, it, I'll I'll push through. We'll definitely. I think I'm I'm guaranteeing we are going into the wee hours. It might not right. be nine a.m. the next day, but it's going to be wee hours. It's happening. Yeah. So that's going to be this weekend. So again, Ryan's mm -hmm. going to be streaming with uh, some other members of the team, some friends of the of the network, and everything mm -hmm. else. And so. That's going to be happening. I'm going to be joining later on. I don't know exactly what time, but probably like mid-evening-ish sure. after dinner. Um, I'll probably be jumping on. Uh, I'm going to be away for the majority of the day, so I'm not 100% sure when I'm going to get home. But when I do get home, I'll jump on the stream with you. We'll stream till mid-early morning-ish. We hours. That's the technical <laughs> we, uh, we hours. That's the technical. Okay, yeah. good. So I've we'll put it right on the schedule. Then... Uh, and then on November 10th, which is the weekend between uh, DreamHack Atlanta and BlizzCon, we will be, or I will be running a stream over on twitch.tv slash Plays, and uh, Ryan will be jumping in when and on that one. So mm -hmm. uh, I haven't figured out what I'm doing beyond that, but uh, it's going to be some fun times. And then hopefully we're going to get a stream up in uh, December as well. So mm -hmm. um, make sure you guys uh, tune into all of that. We're raising money for a really good cause. So again, it's bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 if you'd like to support us there. Um, so Ryan, what have you, we already talked about what I wasn't playing this week. So <laughs> what did you play this week? <laughs> so I've got a, a couple of, uh, DLC packs, you know, we talked about Red Dead Redemption. I don't want that to be the, the shadow over everything we talk about, but I, it's, it's gotta be, it's such a big game. So I decided this week I was going to lay low and just enjoy some small tidbits of content. And this has been sitting on my radar for a bit. I, I don't know if you recall, but. XCOM is one of these games that pops up, and it's my Civ. So it's to you, it's Civ. To me, XCOMs. You... Oh, oh, like Civilizations. Okay. Yeah. I sorry. You meant, like Civ, like my co-raid leader, no, and I'm like, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have. You mean I, dealing I with Civ friend. is like tactical warfare? Because sometimes it can feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't make. Civ, that I'm just kidding. No, I know. I didn't make. That. I'm sorry, Civ. I did not mean to bring you into this. <laughs> Uh, no, um, Civilization. So you know how a new Civilization game comes out, you like soak a hundred hours into it and you're like, wow, that was great. And then you wake and then you, you move on. Uh, mm -hmm. XCOM is, is that game for me. It's actually made by the same uh, company for Axis. And XCOM 2 came out, I think came out, uh, well, three years ago. So when Caden was mm -hmm. born and then XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, the expansion came out when Abby was born. Uh, I'm not announcing a third child and you this time. Oh, okay. No. I was going to say. That's no, this is not a lead up to that. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the, I think it's the 10th or 11th, some random year anniversary of the XCOM franchise. And they actually, um, uh, you know, g gave away a piece of DLC, uh, called tactical legacy pack free to all those who have the war of the chosen expansion. Uh, and you can pick that up for free until December. And you know, like, Jocelyn, like your opinion of free DLC, you're probably thinking like, this isn't anything substantial. This is probably like 
uh, a gun skin or a new map yeah. or something, right? Some cosmetic something. Yeah, and I was skeptical, and then when I got into the game and I started uh, poking around, they've actually added a, a substantial amount in terms of DLC. Like, it's not just a gun pack. It's a, it's a whole hub. So there's this new mode in the... Um, in the menu called the Legacy Hub, and when you when you click into that, they've actually collected all of the daily challenges into a map, so you can play all the old daily challenges that were presented to you. Um, for those that are unfamiliar, XCOM 2 is a uh, a tactical uh, turn-based shooting game uh, where you are a a team of alien hunters, I guess, and you're fighting against this alien invasion that's happened and taken over Earth uh, for the last 20 years. So in this Legacy Hub, there's actually this new mode that's presented to you. Uh, it's four sets of seven missions that kind of present the story between XCOM 1 and XCOM 2. So there's oh. like there's VO, there's new characters. They give you sort of the backstory to uh, how things have progressed from XCOM 1 to XCOm 2 because there was this 20, 20 year gap that was kind of unexplained but alluded to. In the sense that they took the canon bad ending from XCOM, where the aliens take over, and took that and ran with it with XCOM 2. So they created a canon ending, they ignored the good ending, they took the bad ending, and then in XCOM 2 you're dealing with the fallout of of the aliens sort of like taking over Earth and creating this like... Go ahead. I really do like when uh, companies kind of lean into that where mm-hmm. they take because I mean Blizzard did the same sort of thing right with Warcraft mm-hmm. that they took the the Orcs one ending and and said okay this is our we're setting the stage for our next thing and not with the faction that you play the usually the humans being the victors like that's not necessarily how it goes sometimes bad things happen and I think for a more interesting story because then I mean everybody loves like the the rebellion kind of a story the the underground resistance like that's that's where the cool story is i think that's a cooler story than we beat them back once and they came back more prepared 20 years later a la Mm. independence day like i did i like both independence day movies but i still think that the the resistance to an alien occupation is more interesting of a story yeah, and that's and that's what they presented with this game, and and the fact that they're giving you these. I haven't finished them all. I finished the first one, and I started the second one. The first one kind of tells the story of right after the fall. You play as the as they, he was like the sweater guy. He was like your comms guy. He was there, and he was always talking to you, commander. Like here's the next mission. So you you're actually playing as him as you progress. You travel from one point to uh, to this point on the map that might be a, a safe haven to start the resistance, and as you go forward, like you're collecting new members of your team, you're upgrading your your equipment and stuff. But there's all this voiceover. It's like he's telling the story from from the past. So as he's telling the story, he's saying like, "Oh yeah, I remember in those early days, we didn't know what we were fighting for, but we knew that we were, you know, fighting for humanity or some majestic thing like that." <laughs> And, uh, and if you die, like if you fail the mission, he'd be like, well, obviously it didn't happen like that because I'm here talking to you. So I, it's been done before, but it's always a nice, a nice touch when they, when they do that. Um, cause you fail. It's, it's a tactical game. People are going to die. Uh, mm-hmm. but the cool thing is they kind of, they lay on this story, but they remove the strategy layer. So they've taken out the in-between mission bits where you're like managing your base and, you know, hiring, uh, soldiers and building upgrades that's all done automatically for you like as you progress through the seven missions 
you're given choices like basically oh the mission was in a in an old warehouse so you have a choice between we found these grenades or we found these uh these upgrades for your units in a storage container but we only have time to you know effectively install or secure one of them so you pick between a and b as you move forward whichever is more important to you whether you want upgraded grenades or you want your your guys to have slightly better stats so there's some interesting trade trade-offs there as you progress through and uh it's really neat. It's all pre-made teams, so you're not like doing any of the strategic hiring and firing of uh, of XCOM 2, but I kind of dig I it. I like how you cool. say hiring and firing when really the little bits that I played, it was more like mm. the hiring and death. And the hiring and death. <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you just gotta let a guy go because he's not really performing against the aliens. I mean, that's not his fault. It's, it's a high-stress environment. And sometimes <laughs> you just, you gotta write a couple pink slips. And sometimes you get guys that don't make it back because then they take an alien gun to the face. But, you know, <laughs> it's the hazards of the job, Jocelyn. <laughs> um, pink slip or pink miss? <laughs> basically, yes. Pink, yeah, write that down. That's a show title. Uh, <laughs> I think that all, all in all, as a, as a free piece of DLC, if you're a fan of XCOM 2 and you like the story that they present with the Resistance, it's totally worth checking this out. It's free. There's no excuse. And honestly, it kind of makes me excited for the fact that we this could be a sign of more XCOM to come. Like, I would really like to see what they do with the with the ending of XCOM two, whether they choose the bad or good ending, uh, and go from there. Because they could they could do what you what you said. They could go further into the resistance and have the resistance beat down again. Although, like, they'd have to do some some real real you know finicky stuff to get that to work all or they could do you know the resistance prevails and and then the aliens come back stronger although i don't remember the the good ending might have been pretty definitive either way uh i think that it's a really cool addition i did not expect it to be so beefy though like i'm i'm still working my way through it for for free dlc and you said Mm. so it's available until early december yeah. So early... it's it's here now and it's gonna go away. Oh no! It, it'll be free until early December, and then I think it's oh, like eight okay. bucks for those that that missed the window, um, or for those who don't have War of the Chosen and just or don't buy War of the Chosen in time before that December window. But with with all the Steam sales coming up, like if if you're waiting for a sale on War of the Chosen and you want to pick up this DLC for free, like you can you can probably wait it out a couple more weeks and and uh, enjoy a sale at some point. But yeah, it's uh, it's really cool, and they have like you know uh, the second mission set was called like it came from the deep, which is like a clear nod to one of the older expansions from the first game back in the '90s. So they have a lot of fun with it since this is a anniversary pack. So they they kind of double dip in that they're giving you more story content, but they're also like calling back callbacks. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. I've never played those old XCOM games. I hear they're atrociously uh difficult but uh these are more fair and and honestly i like the quick pick up and play you don't have to Mm. deal with deal with managing the base you just enjoy the story you do the combat and it is like it's not super difficult if you if you're tactical you can kind of breeze through it which is also fun kind of feeling like you're a you're a god a, a tactics god as you sort of like tear through the map it's really satisfying so good i'm glad Speaking of tearing through the map, Spider-Man, you're back in Spider-Man for the first part of the DLC, and this DLC is not free, right? <laughs> no, no, you'll have to buy, <laughs> unless you bought the Digital Deluxe Edition, you you would have to buy the, the heist. Which I don't 
think that I did. I'm trying to remember. Um, I definitely bought the deluxe edition of Red Dead Redemption 2 because there was like a bank heist storyline that you wouldn't get otherwise mm -hmm. that seemed really interesting to me. So I was like, hmm, bank heist. That sounds cool. I don't want to miss out on that content. So I bought the the like deluxe edition of Red Dead. But I feel like lately I've been trying to stick to just like the standard versions of games and I haven't been like I've purposely been avoiding things that are like season passes and stuff so yeah. Spider-Man might be something that I I would have to go and actually purchase this piece of DLC but I think that's smart for me too because I still haven't finished Spider-Man so there's no point in me getting DLC if I haven't actually finished the main story yet <laughs> yeah this is post-game content which some people like myself uh, I strongly believe that if you're going to do DLC I much prefer it to be epilogue style stuff. Me and... too, because I hate like, um, mm. for instance, well, even the Horizon Zero Dawn stuff, because the DLC that they put out can be done in line with the main story. I was kind of like, but I don't want to go back. And like, I've already got my character all the way to the end. And I've played through all that stuff. And I did that in the first like two weeks it was available. Like I, I want to continue. I don't want to you know go back and i guess the mass effect dlc was very similar as well because i feel like mm -hmm. in mass effect uh was it like the leviathan i feel like and also there Omega was wherever you city yeah there was also the place that you went to where you unlocked that new character who was one of the the way far back guys oh yeah yeah um yeah the that stuff was all like separate and could be done in your mainline story stuff yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm a fan. This is a this is a hard line to walk, but with Mass Effect Three, I had no problem with with the DLC that shipped with the game, because I got it through purchasing. I think pre-purchasing. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a weirdness to it. I know because like oh, it's you know chopped from the game or whatever. Like whatever argument you have, and clearly like I think that character was very important to the story, and and not having it probably changed things a lot uh mm -hmm. but but the problem with mass effect 3 was yeah the dlc that came out after we had all finished it and got the very definitive ending whether it was a b or c uh there was no going there was no epilogue there uh to to be seen so all the dlc that came out felt kind of like it like it was a disservice to the main game because you were playing it after and and could have informed the ending a little better you know um especially that leviathan one mm. um but with this it's kind of the perfect setup in that this dlc is post game it's coming out short like not right at the uh at the the release of the game but shortly after like the game's only been out for a month and a half and and we have this new piece piece of dlc here we're not waiting like a whole year like we had to with uh with with some other games um so it is post-game. It actually takes place uh, separately from the main map. You have to actually load into it. And I was kind of hoping that I, it would just layer over top so I would I would be able to run around and, and uh, finish up all the crimes for that platinum trophy. Um, but alas, that's I'm going to have to go back into the main game and, and try, to, try to find some time to do that. Uh, but it kind of makes sense as you go through it and you load it up. It is post-game. So you're, you're experiencing after the, and I'm not going to throw spoilers out here. Um, yes, please don't. No, I, I, know. Still, I'm, I know I'm way, way, way far behind, nope. but <laughs> it's fine. No, I'm not going to throw spoilers, but if you were to boot into that DLC, you immediately, you would be presented with not like, not like this was the ending type spoilers, but 
scenarios uh, that took place in the third act are referenced and you're and and even some stuff in in the uh like right at the end of the game so you're not going to want to go into this you know uh having not finished the main story and i don't even know if it will let you to be honest that's a that's that would be something to look into but yeah you're better off waiting to finish the main game uh the first part uh is uh, called the heist and it's it involves black cat which has been you know pretty prevalent since the game came out there that was Mm -hmm. sort of the description of of this story and I, for one, wasn't so sure. that's why, because mm. I saw, to, like, I've seen kind of on Twitter over the last, like, maybe week or so, a lot of people talking about, like, Black Cat versus Catwoman. And I was oh. like, why are we talking about this, like, random character? What is going on? Why does everyone suddenly care? Because it's the new Spider-Man DLC. Yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> she features prominently. I, I actually, right before we started recording, just finished it. Uh, it is small. It's not... You know, this is a $30 piece of DLC here here in, in Canada. Three parts. Uh, we're getting this one. This one's right now. We're getting another one in November and then the third and final in December. Uh, it's part of the City That Never Sleeps DLC package. And it's it's short. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's uh, It offers new a new overworld activity. Uh, some They continue a very fun part of the main game do you remember screwball like the the twitch streamer did you run into her yet no okay well then there's more of of her that's not a spoiler it's just they took they took this character from the main game and they brought they brought her back uh and and put her in this world again and and she has a bunch a bunch more challenges as opposed to just the one side mission that you do in the main game which i thought was fun uh and then there's also there's also a collectible that you can get that leads to some story as well so they they pepper that in. It's not as much as the main game. It's just those three things, and you kind of you kind of knock those ones out of the park pretty quickly. So I found that those were as I progressed through the game, I could clean those up almost right away. I guess I'd have to say like maybe four to five hours to complete this if you're if you're really just focusing on it and and trying to get through it. Um, I wasn't sure when I first played it. I thought this was like three separate parts that were associated with the city as a whole like they were gonna do like this is the black cat one we'll wrap it up and and then we'll we'll do a new chapter and this is the one focusing on this character and so on and so forth but it does seem like near the end they kind of say they kind of there's a to be continued and it's like oh yeah it makes sense now this is clearly like a three-part story um so you might be better off waiting until they're all out to experience them because it does it does end in a way where you're like oh okay well I guess I'll wait for part two. Um, so y- you might be better off waiting until until December. Not to say that the story isn't interesting. Uh, what? Nothing. Just nothing. Go. <laughs> no, no. I just, I, I think that uh, they present an interesting story. They they do what they did with Arkham, uh, the Arkham Asylum series, where they present these characters that you might be familiar with, and they have their own twist. And because this is a Spider-Man, like, eight years into his career... You're presented with, and unless you're a hardcore comic fan, not like myself, but uh, with this eight plus year, you're presented with this Peter Parker Spider-Man scenario that you might not be familiar with, but you you have general ideas, you know, about. So bringing yeah, that's back definitely how it, Yeah, that's yeah. how it felt to me. It was the whole like Spider-Man I'm not familiar with, and I like that part in his timeline. I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're you're familiar enough with the Spider-Man lore just through. I, I mean, personally for me, like I'm familiar enough with it just through osmosis from from enjoying the movies and yeah. getting the fringe stuff on the comics and stuff. So I know who Black Cat is, and I know his relationship with Spider-Man for the most part. But the way they present that relationship in this, in the in, you know fast forwarded like eight years later, it is really interesting what they do with that story, and. I I'm looking forward to kind of seeing it through to the end and I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping I obviously I know that I want them to do more Spider-Man but I'm I'm hoping that with this DLC they can kind of they can kind of bridge that gap a little bit. We're not going to get another one for quite a while but uh if this is what we get to kind of wait it out like that's a really good sign cuz it so far is is really well made. Well good. I'm glad that you're enjoying it cuz uh yeah, there's still two more parts to come mm-hmm. so I'll probably check it out once all three parts are out because this is another thing. Like, I know it's not necessarily, like, episodic DLC, but at the same time, like, I'm just so sick of part blah of blah. Like, I'll just play it when it's all available. (laughs) It it is episodic DLC. Like, I I think that that's a good way to describe it. And I'm I'm the type of person who wants to, like, I want more Spider-Man right now, so I'm going to play this. But for folks who aren't fan of the episodic format and want to enjoy the story from beginning to end, then yeah, waiting for a thir- waiting for all three parts to be available makes complete sense. And with Red mm-hmm. Dead coming out at, uh, literally tomorrow, um, you might as well wait because <laughs> you won't finish yeah. Red Dead before December. I mean, no, definitely won't. Definitely, yeah. I'll honestly, I feel like with Red Dead, I'm in the same boat as you that like I will be, especially with how busy my November is going to be. I'll yeah. be really, really, really lucky if I get red dead done by like march (laughs) i'm just i'm just looking to enjoy it like i said i'm just Mm -hmm. going to experience it and as far as i get is as far as i get and if something takes over and i stop playing like i did with red dead then you know so be it well speaking of things that we really enjoy you Hmm. can check out weekly news desk it's a podcast all about the geek news this week you can join your two knucklehead hosts andrew and simon as they keep you informed on movies tv video games and books you can find them on itunes or at weeklynews.com i also want to tell you guys that if you do enjoy the show that we put out you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in we are doing game night tonight it's Mm. happening so if you haven't already joined us over in the Discord, it's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Please do go and do that. That's where we take your suggestions for game night. That's where we pull people in to do voice chat. So again, that's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Thank you guys so much, all of you who are support- supporting us over on Patreon. We really do appreciate it. Um, so this week, I've been playing just a very, very small little bit of Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I picked it up on the Switch. And... Brian, did you pick this up too? Because I feel like you did, but I, I did. don't think we've actually talked about it yet. I picked it up. Uh, I have not. It's similar to a lot of other games sometimes that I pick up. It's more of an investment than it is mm. something I'm going to like really jam on right away uh, because it's a party game and uh, I, I have not had a party since it came out. So <laughs> Right. I, well, <laughs> I will say, so Matt and I played uh, just the two of us with cool. two like AI bot guys. And there's like three different difficulty levels of bots that you can play with. So we just played with the normal ones and we destroyed them. So we probably should have played with higher up bots. But um, (laughs) it's like it's basically like if you if you like Mario Party, this is kind of more of the same. But there are some new little twists to it, which I thought were kind of interesting. Although 
the new twists make things feel a little bit out of balance, I guess, or hard mm. to balance. So basically you can recruit allies in this Mario party and each ally and um, each character that you choose, actually, and I'm not sure if this is new or not, because I feel like I missed a few Mario parties in there, but basically um, each character has a different dice block. And so like uh, I played as Rosalina and she had like two squares on her dice that gave coins. And then I think she had like, it was, it was a pretty balanced dice. It was like, one, three, five, seven or something were my available number of spaces I could roll. So two chances to get coins and four chances to actually move around the board. But then there could be someone like, um, I think it might have been, uh, was it maybe Koopa Troopa? I think it was because he he's the little turtle guy. And so mm -hmm. he had like ones and twos on most of his dice, except for one space with a 10. So it was like slow and steady wins the race. And he goes slow, 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 but he can roll a 10, which is way higher than anyone else's dice block. So it's, um, yeah, like the ally system and the um, character block system is pretty interesting. But I wish that there was a way to tell ahead of time. Because when you're choosing a character, at least I didn't notice, but I don't think that there's a way to actually tell what that character's dice block is going to be when you're in the character choosing screen so right. we kind of like got into the game and then we're like oh wait like my dice is different than matt's dice who he was playing was he playing yoshi or uh i can't remember who he chose but um he had yoshi very early on as an ally mm. and so the thing about allies is that you don't automatically get them when you pass the square on the board. Like you have to land exactly on the ally square in order to actually recruit somebody. And this was my big problem because I went around the whole board twice through the course of our game and never landed on an ally square. So because I never landed on an ally square, basically uh, when you roll the dice, you roll your dice and then your ally rolls their dice and then they combine the two together. So it's like when you have an ally, you can just move around the board a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. And since the way that Mario Party works is it's basically like every round there's mini games, which is great. But then um, the, the actual board game part of it is like a race to the star space. So if you're rolling two dice instead of one dice, you're just going to get there faster. So you do still need to accumulate the coins by doing well in the mini games and by, you know, hitting the spaces on the board to get coins and things like that. Like, I ended up with, like, 90-something coins, and it cost 10 coins to buy a star, but I just never got to the star space before other people because yeah. I didn't have any allies rolling dice. So I was, like, doing my, like, three spaces at a time, and everyone else is, like, zip, zip, zip all around the board. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm not sure if allies is, is new to the Switch version of Mario Party, but it... It was interesting, and it's kind of a cool twist. I just wish that they were automatic once you got to, like, when you pass that Yeah, point, you know? similar to the star where it's like a gate instead yeah. of, like, you having to... Because I... So uh, I do want to, you know, chat a bit about your experience because uh, I had I had a similar experience when I played, but I, but I do want to share what is a very funny, sad story because when I played the game, I only played once. Uh, I was actually traveling, so I... I played Mario Party for the first time alone in a hotel room. <laughs> Again, a, like it sounds like a very sad story, but I was traveling for work and I'm like, I really do want to try this game. And, you know, I hate, 
I, I, I hate being in, in, you know, a strange town uh, all by myself. I'll play Mario Party. It yeah. was, it, it was not, it was not fun. Uh, it was, it was okay. But uh, I found I was very distracted because you're just watching the AI go through when you're playing with three AI. And obviously the Wi-Fi wasn't good enough to, to test the online functionality of, of the right. mini games. But uh, yeah, the Ally Dice, I ended up getting one and I found it did kind of give me an edge but not to the point where I was able to beat the AI to one of the stars. Um, mm. the, it was it was interesting. And I got Waluigi, and his dice are like, lose three coins, uh, one, two, and then like a five, seven or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. Like being able to tell what the, what the dice are, like are the ally dice, as opposed to just learning through playing, it would be interesting to show you, you know, oh, if you pick Mario, here's the dice you're going to get. Uh, mm-hmm. but since the ally selection is random, like there's no, st- yeah, the ally strategy. doesn't, yeah, the ally doesn't matter quite as much mm-hmm. as like just the choosing your original character matters. Um, but then, I mean, you do also get the choice of rolling with your allies dice mm-hmm. as opposed to your own. So, uh, but again, you can actually see that's when you're actually in the game and you can see both dice at that time when you're making the choice. So it's mostly just in the character selection screen itself that, that's where the strategy could potentially come in. And I just, I wish it was a little bit more visible, but um, it's, yeah, like uh, I did like the kind of spin on things with the allies. I thought that was cool. And there are some mini games where the allies will actually join you, which sometimes can be good. Sometimes can be bad. I mean, they are AI, right? So they, you know, can get in your way sometimes, but yeah, they can. Although when I was playing co-op with some of the AI in mini games, I found that they were, they they were a little smarter than the AI I was playing against. It was all the same level, but they, they like it was a follow type game. So they kind of mm. got if I was performing adequately, they were performing, you know, in similar fashion. So I did find right. that the AI has a sort of rubber banding mechanic where it's not going to hold you back uh, in a in a race against time. I think one of the mini games was like kind of like Cat's Cradle in the sense that you're kind of, you know, moving the string around and, and kind of creating a shape. But it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a plinko game, but you had to yeah create this shape, and, and it and it worked quite well. But uh, yeah, the mini games are what, from what I played, serviceable. There are some that just you know are not not that I would describe them as not fun, but they're just kind of like work, I guess, or they're just you get through it and then you get to the next one. But there are some that really stand out uh, that do feel like oh they they kind of put a little extra effort into this one. So I am looking forward to jumping into sort of the the mini game playing mode online to kind of see what that's like against other players and just just run through the mini games and, and see what that's mm-hmm. like. But well, uh, there are I think there's 80 different mini games, give or take. So there's a lot of variety, which is really nice. And mm-hmm. the only thing, and I mean, I know that this is a common Joss gripe, and I also know that it's going to be probably like. Not a super unique problem because I definitely Googled it and there's lots of people that seem to have this problem. Hmm. But when we were playing, our left Joy-Con kept just desyncing like oh. every two to three minutes. No matter like and we'd resync it and it would be fine and it wasn't the battery or anything else. It just every once in a while would just drop the connection to the system. Hmm. So we'd be playing in the middle of, you know, a, a round or in the middle of like a mini game and Matt's controller would just disconnect. And I was like, well, 
this isn't fun. Like, I want to beat Matt, but I want to beat Matt because I beat Matt, not because his controller isn't working. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a common error at the beginning of the Switch's lifespan where the left Joy-Con, yeah. if you didn't play often with the Joy-Con separated, uh, it, you didn't really notice it, but there is a con- connectivity issue. I think they tried to fix it with the software update for the, the Joy-Con, but unfortunately you might well, have to actually yeah. send it in. Um, it definitely did not fix it. So, and this is this is kind of my other, I guess, potential. Like, this is kind of my problem: is that the only way that you can play is with. Thrall's messing with my lights oh, now. I, don't I thought you were, again. I thought you were getting a prop. Like, she's getting no. a Joy-Con to show everybody. No, yeah, no, you can I'm only play with the. No. Yeah, you can only play with the Joy-Con. You can't play with the Pro Controller, uh, which means you have to either have another Switch, which there are, I think, some game modes that you can play if you have multiple Switch consoles. You can like yep. put the Switches next to each other and do stuff. Um, we don't, obviously, have multiple Switch consoles, but maybe next time you and I are in the same room together, we can give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But um, you, ha- you can only play with Joy-Cons, which means we'd have to go out and buy more Joy-Cons yeah. in order to actually play with people, even though we own a Pro Controller, so... That kind of sucks. And then with our connectivity issue, because our left Joy-Con kept uh, desyncing, kept disconnecting, then um, it wasn't like we could just switch to the Pro Controller and be like, oh, okay, the Joy-Con's not working here. I'll play on the Joy-Con. You play on the Pro Controller. Go. And the other thing about the Joy-Cons is that they don't have batteries the way that, like, the Wiimotes used to have batteries. So you have to, like, buy some sort of an another charging thing or you have to like stop your game if they run out of batteries like do you know what i mean like it's just there's if you don't have backup joy cons or if you don't have some sort of a charging thing that will allow you to charge the joy con while actually playing a game then you're kind of out of luck if your joy cons happen to run out and i mean we store ours on the side of the console so you know they're they're charged but you're micromanaging, it, basically, if you have a, another set of Joy-Cons. You're like, oh, I charge these, so they're all good to go. Now I need to swap them out and put these on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you know, Yeah, that's a good point. And I, when this game came out, I was, I, like I said, it was an investment in the sense that they're only going to make one of these. I got it you know, uh, at a E3 discounted sale, so I, I didn't want to cancel my pre-order, even though I knew I'm not probably going to give this a good amount of time like it's a long game in terms of this is my switch mario party i'll play it when i have mm-hmm. those opportunities um but i was continuing that sort of investment conversation when i'm like oh the joy cons went on sale for 20 bucks off i could go buy another set to actually play mario party to its fullest which is a four player and, and four players yeah. you know honestly when christmas rolls around there there might be an instance where like okay i probably will want to maximize my my joy cons here so i can set up a full you know game of mario party um because i've heard great things about a four-player game. i love mario party is one of those games that i remember playing the crap out of on the n64 with my brothers and you know, i was I, gonna say yeah the 64 i feel like mm-hmm. the 64 was just the kind of time in our life when we yeah. had like parties and played games and things like that because yeah the 64 version is the one that i'm thinking of too and I, I mean i really do i enjoy mario party and i know that there's always been you know, you have to have four controllers so four mm-hmm. people can play, obviously. Um, but when controllers used to plug into the system, you didn't have to worry about things like batteries. So yeah. um, it's just it's it's kind of an interesting thing to to an interesting problem to have, I guess. And so my other problem, obviously, as anything with Nintendo and anything with Joy-Cons or Wiimotes, 
The freaking motion control. <laughs> there okay. is a lot of motion control in the yeah. mini games, and they even like right off the bat get you to do something where you're like trying to give a thumbs up, but like I couldn't like push the right button or whatever, or didn't get the motion right, and I'm like, yeah. I can't even give the thumbs up. What the that hell was is terrible? It never okay, worked for I me. Okay, so it's not just me. No. Oh, man. I could not figure out how to do that. And they're like, just give a thumbs up. And I'm like, it's not working. What am I supposed to put my thumb up? Because whatever I'm doing right now is not working. Yeah, and, I uh, yeah. could not get that to work. And and I just, I must have, again, a, a very sad story. Just alone in a hotel room <laughs> doing this, you know, just trying to like, come on. I just want to give a <laughs> thumbs up, everybody. And uh, it felt really silly, you know, and there was no one around to see me doing it, but I still felt very silly and it just wasn't working. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? Uh, but outside of that, like outside of that specific instance, the motion control was serviceable, but I know. Really? I And I, maybe this is maybe this is a problem, too, with like mm. the desyncing controllers and stuff. But I felt like um, the reaction time. For my Joy-Con wasn't necessarily maybe what I expected it to be. Like there were a couple of different games that involved a almost like a rhythm. So it's like you had to do a certain motion and then push a button and then do a motion and push. But like I think there was one where we were climbing a pole yep, and it was like, yeah, so you had to like um, push a button and then like pull down, push or something like that. Anyways, you had to basically push a button, shake the remote, push a button, shake the remote and like trying to get the rhythm was really difficult because it felt like I was doing the same motions in the same rhythm, but sometimes the shaking of the remote part of it wasn't like going through to the system. So anyways, it just, there were a couple of little things like that. Like they, it just wasn't as accurate as, as I would want it to be in a competitive setting. But again, talking about Mario party as a competitive game is probably taking things a little bit too seriously. Well, you are playing but, with Matt. Uh, so I am playing with Matt and everything we do is really, really competitive. So yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> Super surprised. Serial Mario party, you guys. <laughs> well, I mean like, and, and it's a game where, you know, a lot of folks in the chat room are saying like strategy game and the strategy is thrown out the window. When at the very end, you know that some asshat is just going to get a random star for doing just nothing. You know? Well, yeah, and I think I ended up being the random asshat that got the star. <laughs> it was like uh, moving the least number of spaces because I didn't have an ally. So right. I, I I don't even think I made it all the way around the board once. Oh, okay. so yeah, you got rewarded. I, I got rewarded for rolling really poorly. <laughs> I, like I, I think Mario Party just strives on being just this fun, silly, you can't take it seriously, but you're right, like, there's not a lot of motion control games that I, like, when I was playing my, I th I did a 10 turn, just to kind of test it out, uh, and I maybe came up with, like, one or two motion control games, and the, the climbing the flagpole was one of them, where you basically had to, like, jump up, grab, and that's the other thing, too, when you're playing with your Joy-Cons, you have to put on the little safety strap, and if you, like, not the safety strap, but the safety, I don't, it's not a safety strap. What do you call it? It's like the uh, the cover for the, the, the little slidey piece. Oh, yeah, the slidey piece, yeah. Yeah, so it's a slidey piece. You put that thing on wrong, and man, oh, man, do you feel like you're just going to break this, like, $45 half of a controller. Yeah, Matt you know? and I put them on wrong, like, four times, and we legit couldn't figure out how to do it properly, and then... <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I know you ha- you have to put the strap on. It says in the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you. we put that little top, the top bumper bits. We put those on wrong three bumper or four bits. times. It, it took forever to figure out how to actually get it on properly. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> it's the law. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I made it through uh, many a, a game, you know, sessions of Wii and Wii U and now with the Switch. And uh, yeah. You've never thrown a controller across the room? Oh, no, no. I'm just saying you need that strap. Oh, like, you it's do just... need the strap. Okay, because you would have if you didn't have the strap Two on. years of on. university uh, Wii... We strap. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. This is not. Yeah, we not, we definitely should. We definitely should. But uh, so there, this Mario Party also has like there's a few different um, modes that you can play in. So mm-hmm. there's the generic Mario Party that everybody knows with the board game and every man for himself, and that's the mode that all Mario parties have had since the existence of the game. Then there's like a rhythm kind of game, like um, it's called Soundstage. And I think it's like maybe like rock band or something. I did. I don't know. But it's like it's just it's like a rhythm game with sound. And but again, it's motion controls, which I don't love. Oh, I would okay. rather like I'd rather like have to hit buttons or something like that. But anyways, so that's a the thing. There's also like a um, a river survival game, which is fully co-op. So it's a whole bunch of new little mini games. But it very much feels like, you know, in um Oh my god, the just the the Mario game where you could play with four people and you were going through and it was the platformer, but then like you could oh. go in the bubble. Oh yeah, n- uh, new Super Mario Brothers. The new Super Mario Brothers. Thank you. I'm like I know it's not just Super Mario, but what is it? It's new mm-hmm. Super Mario. Yeah, you know how you could go in the bubble and then like one person could just be good and then you win. That's kind of what the River Survival game feels like. It's like everybody can do it. And as long as like one person can make it to the end, then the whole team wins. So I feel like that's like the little kid version hmm. of Mar- Mario Party. It's like kind of introducing you to some of the ideas of the mini games. Uh, and then there is uh, I can't remember what it's called, but there's like a partner Mario Party. So basically you can it's the same idea as Mario Party, but you can like set teams ahead of time, basically. Hmm. Interesting. So. Overall, I mean, I, it's got a lot of features in it. There's a lot of new stuff. Um, I really, I, I like Mario Party quite a lot. I like all the mini games and the fact that you get a mini game at the end of every round instead of having to like land on a specific square to trigger it. I thought was a is the better way to do it because I know sometimes it's been every round there's a mini game. Sometimes it's the iterations of Mario Party make you land on a square. The iterations of Mario Party that have automatic mini games are better. Yeah, no, I that's agree. the fun part, right? Like moving around the board isn't the fun part. The fun part is the little mini game. So yeah, and I don't think like, they've tried their best to kind of make moving around the board quicker. And I think they've they've done enough. They've done so they they kind of went full board with it uh, in Mario Party Ten, where it's like everybody rolls at once, and you're part mm. you're you're a big car, and that's how you move around the board. And that was their way of like, yeah, you don't like the the dice rolling and the moving. Well, we're just gonna. We're just going to simplify it to the point where it's basically non-existent. And right. and even that didn't feel right. So I think like they realized they had to go back to everybody moves individually and it's just, it is what it is. It's a board game, you know, like mm-hmm. that's how board games work. Uh, 
So uh, the fact that they, I think they did their best to streamline it. And the allies thing kind of moves, if you do get an ally, you do move a lot quicker across the board. Yeah. Um, but the and boards feel smaller board, too. Yeah, the boards feel smaller, but the mm. board that we played was like the, the one with the big bomb guy in the middle and like oh, the okay. minecart to help you jump across the board. Um, but it felt like there were a lot more potential paths like you mm -hmm. you came in from the start and then you could go around the middle and you could there was a couple of different places you could choose i think three places where you could exit that middle circle and then that you know sent you even if you chose to go like the top path there was a point where it split into a y and then came back together again so it felt like you had a lot of choices as to where you were actually going to go on the game which i feel like is something they haven't done in a while either yeah. games were uh or boards themselves were a little bit there was less choice and it just it felt more random because it was just like well you have to take this path and then it's however many rolls and however many spaces you got that dictated where you ended up whereas this one it's like oh i rolled a seven that could get me to three different potential bases which one's actually better and there's a little bit of um player agency in that way and again a little bit more strategy so I, I like I like Super Mario Party for the Switch. I think it's good um, mm -hmm. with the caveat that you probably should have four or maybe more Joy-Cons. Like only having two Joy-Cons, one of which desyncs all the time, made for a not great gameplay session. But yeah. if we had more Joy-Cons, it'd probably be better. I, I think the next time the Joy-Cons do, do go on sale to some extent, I will probably pick up another set, especially with, with the holidays coming up because I... The, the one thing, I, you know, to, to cap this off, the one thing that is, is is really great about Mario Party is that ever since the dawn of the first game on the N64, it's been that one game, especially with my family and the people, uh, you know, that aren't gamers, uh, it's the one game that kind of permeates through that. And that's why I've always appreciated the simple controls and why the motion control is nice, because I think people kind of get that. It's very mm. easy. It's not great for us who, who like... Are looking who know for how that. to play games yeah well are looking for that you know um that core experience it's well, not gonna I, like yeah i don't mean i don't necessarily mean that in a in a mm. bad way or a dismissive way but like i'm thinking of my mom who has started to play mario mm. kart quite well because you know actually turning the controller does something now mm. <laughs> like turning the controller like a wheel is a thing that she can wrap her head around and she might play games with us twice a year so i don't mean yeah. that in a bad way i just no. mean like for people who aren't gamers, for people who don't spend most of their time with controllers in their hands, then, you know, remembering which button is A and B can be really difficult. But saying like, oh, just shake the remote and it'll do a thing. That's something they go, oh, OK, I, I need to clink my ice around in a glass. All right. I know how to do that. Shake my hand. Like yeah. it's way more intuitive yeah. from a non-gamer perspective. It's very accessible. Mm hmm. And that's a big thing for me because, like, a, a majority of when I have extended family around, uh, that's that's the only like, it's same same thing with like actual board games. Like, I can't get anything too complex because it'll just sit in, on a shelf, you know. And and mm -hmm. the people who I would probably be able to play that game with already own it, so there's no point in having a duplication there. So this is why you know, in terms of a part, like it's a party game, and and I really yeah. I really dig it. But I am. I'm kind of looking forward to trying the, like the multi-switch stuff. It's it seems pretty novel, um, so I'm hoping to check that out at some point. I haven't obviously had a chance, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a solid uh, solid Mario Party, and they'll probably only make one. So mm -hmm. yeah, get on it. Just make sure that you bring your Switch to uh, Toronto in February. Yes, <laughs> it'll be a Switch extravaganza. Yep.
All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit us on the web over at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact over on that Twitch channel. If you'd like to email the show and let us know about your Red Dead Redemption 2 disappointment for not being able to play it on Thursday instead of Friday, please do so. Anybody, Come on. At info at com. Ryan, you threw me off. <laughs> uh, sorry. Check the website for the link. It'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.